This is the Voice Podcast Network. Welcome back to Turf and Burn. We're your co-hosts, Caroline and Dylan. We hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving break. Even though we didn't record, you best believe that we still had our NFL predictions. So Dylan, why don't you take it away and tell us how we did? Absolutely. So the last time that you heard from us, we were giving our week 11 predictions and those went really well for both of us. We finished each of us 9 and 4 tied during week 11. Disagreed on a couple games, but at the end of the day, our records remained exactly the same with a four-game lead by yours truly here over Caroline and that entered Week 12, when we decided to text our results to each other because there was no chance we were going a week without making our predictions, and the week didn't go that great for us. We both finished around 500, but the only statistic that I care about is that I just finished one game better than Caroline, and once again that occurred, Caroline with a very solid 9-7 and seven week. You just said it was mediocre. Well, I'm trying to make you feel better here, but I finished the week 10 and 6, which of course means that I have 105 correct predictions to 71, and Caroline is at 100 correct predictions with 76 incorrect, which puts us back at a five-game difference here, entering week 13 of the NFL season. And of course, we have, if my math is correct, 13 more games to predict, starting with Sunday night football, or shoot, starting with Thursday night football and going all the way to Monday night football. So we've got 13 interesting matchups. We're reaching the point in the season where there's a lot of parity in the league, and it's not a good thing because there's a lot of sucky teams. There's also a lot of injuries, which are causing some of the teams that we normally... There's only 11? (laughs) Yes. That can't be right. Oh, we know there's 13. Ha, 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 ha. Sorry. There's probably 11 on Sunday. The Sunday slate is 11 games. But the problem is there's a lot of teams that you'd expect to be good. Here I'm looking majoritively at the Cincinnati Bengals, who aren't in a good spot because their franchise quarterback is out for the rest of the season in Joe Burrow. Similarly, the New York Jets are without their franchise quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, obviously for the majority of the season. But there's a lot of teams that we expected going into the year to be really good, and they're just not. Like, something's just off. Well, I... I didn't say the Jets were going to be very good. That was just a you thing. <laughs> I think a lot of people. I like, wouldn't say that's parody, though. I always, guys, this is why, like, for example, whenever we do our season predictions prior to the season happening, I'm always like, there's teams that you expect to be good, and they're always going to disappoint. Talk about, for example, the Vegas Golden Knights. The year before they won their Stanley Cup, they didn't even make the playoffs. Like, yeah. and the expectations I, in Vegas are always high. And... There's always going to be teams, whether it's injuries, whether it's just, like, something's not gelling, or it's just, like, a new coach, new system, or players are just getting tired. Like, there's always going to be some off years for some teams, and sometimes there's no reason for it. And we did, unfortunately, miss, which, unfortunately, we didn't get to talk about it, but we can talk about it now. The potentially worst play in the history of the NFL occurred. Last week, and that is indeed the fail Mary, the hell Mary, whatever people want to call it. Have you seen this play that happened to the New York Jets that people are basically describing as the most Jets play ever? I did see this, and I also saw Zach Wilson falling down. I did. Going from the sidelines. Every single week, as you can see, that the Dolphins picked it off literally in the opposing end zone. To be fair, it's the Dolphins, you know. It's my Dolphins, by the way. But... I feel like 
poor Tim Boyle is the last man standing here and just falls. And yeah. that was the play. Because people were complaining about Zach Wilson being a not-so-great quarterback. And Tim Boyle then showed up. And there are now murmurs that maybe Zach Wilson should be starting again, which is insane to think about. But Aaron Rodgers is practicing. I think this is too much Jets talk. Aaron Rodgers is practicing. Yeah, but he's been practicing, and that still isn't going to help the Jets make the playoffs. Well, he was officially activated off of the injured reserve on Wednesday. It is the quickest recovery from an ACL at 77 days Mm. and counting, and he now has 20 days left to be officially put into a game on his injury reserve list. Considering how much Dylan likes to say his Dolphins, he sure does put a lot of discussion into the Jets, more so than the Dolphins. I well because I think that's betrayal. I think I think you have I think despite you saying you like the Dolphins, your New York bias is coming in far too strong. I think it's because the Dolphins every week and this is definitely about to be a jinx, they just win. They just win their game and then they move on peacefully to the next matchup. They're eight and three right now. Yeah, which I'd take. <laughs> um, but the New York Jets and the Mets and the Yankees and the Giants and the Islanders and the Rangers, when they lose, they don't just quietly lose. And when they win, they don't just win and move on to the next game. There's always a story, for better or for worse, for literally every single team. The Giants are winning. And it's not just, hey, the Giants are finally winning. It's Tommy DeVito and his celebration is going viral. And... When the Yankees lose, it's because, you know, Hal Steinbrenner sucks. And when the Jets lose, it's not even they lose. They have a butt fumble or they have the fail Mary or they have Aaron Rodgers getting injured. And the Mets, don't get me started on the Mets. But there's always a story in New York for better or for worse. And that's why I think it always pops up one way or another. But we do have a slate of 13 football games to get to if we want to get to them. That's an annoyed, nodding head at me that I just got. So let's proceed to Thursday Night Football. All I'm saying is is the Ravens are 9-3. and three. Okay, but they're boring. No. I, Dylan hated on the Ravens. What would you give for the Jets to be 9-3 and three right now? Um, with Zach Wilson playing or with Aaron Rodgers playing? Just the Jets as a whole. Well, Cause, if, Because if they don't make the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. What do you mean? Like, I think he plays. We want to get into this debate? I think he <laughs> plays. Even if the Jets are eliminated, I think Aaron Rodgers comes back just because he wants to say and forever he'll play. that he was the quickest recovery the quickest. in history. I'm yeah. sure they'd give it to him. Mm-hmm. But, like, they don't have many games left. No. Apparently he's targeting Christmas Eve They have Eve six games left. Well, if it's Christmas Eve, he only has... Okay, then he has three games. Yeah. I think it's just that he wants to prove that he's out on the field. He's good. The only problem is the Jets' offensive line has not been great, and you're telling me on his taped-together Achilles, one sack, and it literally could rupture itself again, and then he's just out for next year again. So it's it's a weird, very risky thing that the Jets are doing by putting him out there, especially considering I don't think anyone thinks the Jets are actually going to be in playoff contention three weeks from now. I think they should just put him in for the last game on January. Same and, thing, though. What if he tries to play in a game and his first sack? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Game. I was like, what would you do, though, for... That's what I'm saying, justice for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, who you've been hating on. I have. Yeah, you have. But they're on a bye this week, so that was the last Ravens talk that we will have for the day. But <laughs> two teams that are playing literally in 45 minutes from now, the Seattle Seahawks and Geno Smith versus the Dallas Cowboys. 
I'm going to go with the Cowboys, despite me actually thinking Geno Smith is doing much better this season. And he did do really well last season, too. He was. But I think the talking about boring teams, the Cowboys are just pretty good this year. And they're opening up this game as heavy favorites, and I expect them to do so. This game is also in Dallas, and they're a pretty heavy favorite. I believe it's a a 9.5-point spread right now. So we're not going to go for anything crazy. I agree. The Dallas Cowboys handedly will defeat the Seattle Seahawks. They also currently have a 13-straight-home game streak Mm -hmm. win. So it's the longest active streak in the NFL, and I hope to see them continue it. However, they're also playing, like, teams that are of higher caliber now. Like, they just played the Commanders and the Panthers and the Giants. And then when they played, like, the Eagles, they lost by five. How about an interesting matchup? Because I don't think either of these teams are very good, and that is the Colts versus the Titans kicking off Sunday. I believe it's almost a dead heat into who's being favored in this game. The Colts are over 500. The Titans are not, but Will Levis has still been a solid story so far, and you can never really count out Mike Rabel. I'm going to go with the Colts. I No I, explanation. I hate <laughs> being unoriginal, but I agree with that take, because am I playing it a little bit safe and not wanting to lose a game by betting oh on the Titans? God. No. I but also, I, I'm not going to lie, I thought Bryce Young played better than Will Levis in the Panthers-Titans game. He I had more passing yards. The Panthers are in, we'll obviously get to them in a second. It's just like, the Panthers have no one to surround Bryce Young with. And that's why I also think it's kind of odd they fired Frank Wright this week, too. Because, obviously, a very well-known Hall of Fame coach comes out of retirement, basically, to coach a first overall pick. And you don't even let him last a season. Yeah, I feel like that's a little disrespectful, to be honest. I'm like, you asked him to come out of retirement to coach him. Like, I feel like there's some sort of underlying agreement. I know that's like... Obviously not binding, but I don't know. That just seems like a little bit disrespectful for a Hall of Fame coach. And obviously you're not making the – unless there was something like where, I don't know, maybe Bryce Young had a personal issue with him. And in that case, like if it's – or management. If it's management, I'm like, no, you need to stick it out. That was your guy. That coach was your guy. If it was an issue with the players, then I understand why the coach left. But you're not making the playoffs. Let the coach stay. It's one year. And, like, you always have growing pains. Yeah. And he's a new quarterback. Like, I don't know what, what they expected. Like, I guess the expectations were so high for for the Panthers, and because they've just been so bad for so long, maybe the runway was just so short. And again, this was his first season. They don't even allow him to get through that. Bryce Young spoke to reporters yesterday, technically two days ago by the time you're listening to this. He said, we all take ownership. It's a collective unit. There's no finger-pointing from players, coaches, nothing. We all could have been better, and we all have to improve. So basically... You're pretty stereotypical stock answer after a coach or someone gets fired. Not going to say, oh, yeah, good riddance, out the door. But a um, little self-reflection there as well in the Carolina Panthers organization. Well, I want to know if he was shocked because we've seen some some coach firings where players are like, I was shocked to be fired or like I saw it coming or like they're obviously never going to say if they played a role in that. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to know if this had been – a long discussion and why they chose this game in particular to fire him. I don't know. It's definitely an interesting take. But speaking of a team that is disappointing and is in talks about their potential head coach being fired after this year, the New York Jets are facing off against the Atlanta Falcons. And the Falcons are actually favored in this game 
by two points. Obviously, this is a battle of two teams that are not expected to get very far. The Falcons are five and six. The Jets are four and seven. Your thoughts? So, the Falcons beat the Saints last week. They did. And I see them having some momentum. I just... Here's my thing. The Jets have lost their past... One, two, three, four. Four (laughs) games. And then they beat the Giants and the Eagles. Wow. Yes. And the Broncos. The only quarterback still to beat the mm-hmm. Eagles is they did lose the Zachariah Capona-Wilson. So, to be honest, especially after last week and how poor it can, how poorly that Hail Mary went, can it get worse? Yes. As a New York sports fan, it can always get worse. <laughs> That's always get well, worse. I'm actually, guys, you'd be shocked. I'm actually going to take the Jets this week really yeah that means you have to take the falcons you no i'm never gonna step off my jets high horse especially we believe in tim boyle and the power that he has you fully took the dolphins last week yes but that doesn't count no it does you're taking you're going against the jets i'm not going against the jets i do think however that tim boyle gets benched after the first half and jets fans are screaming and zach wilson is right there but he's not gonna get to play either because he's zach wilson they will bring in Trevor Simeon for the second half, and he will lead the Jets to a victory, only because we trust the numbers. And as I just mentioned, the Falcons are favored in this game. And would you like to take a guess? The last six times that the Falcons have been favored, how many of those games do you think they've won? Um, all six. They have lost all six oh, of those great. games that they are favored, which makes me think that it's Actually, time to Actually, they don't even have seven. six wins, so... so <laughs> exactly. So I think the Falcons are losing their 0-6 in their last six games that they are hey, favored in. Hey, put some so. respect on the Falcons. They're 5-6. and six. That's then one game the better Falcons than... the Falcons if you think they're good. No, I said put some respect. I think we're done with this conversation. Yeah, no more Jets. Until okay, next week, Okay, next yes. up, we have Lions and Saints. Interesting game. Guys... Why are the Saints just mediocre all the time? Mediocre at best. They're not They're not good. They lost year. to the Falcons last week. Like, what? However, that usually does mean that this is the type of trap win that all of a sudden they could actually win a couple games. I know the Lions are coming off of a very disappointing Thanksgiving game that everyone, yeah. including Caroline, had them winning, and they didn't. Um, yeah. Even you did, and then you changed it at the last moment. Aren't you glad I convinced you to change it back? I did. Right. I gave you that free win. Thank you for that one. That was the difference. Literally, if Mm -hmm. I'd stuck with you, you would have tied. I know. Um, Yeah, this is a little bit hard. I'm going to go with... um, You guys... You know how I feel about Derek Carr. I never want to bet against Dan Campbell, but... The loss that they had on Thanksgiving is the type of loss that makes a season spiral. But it's not like the Saints are coming off a good... Like, it's not like they're carrying momentum. That's the problem I'm having right now. This is why I'm... I just think the Saints are so inconsistent. Like, Mm -hmm. some days they really put it together. Granted, they've only beaten teams that have been bad. But they've been they've still beaten the teams. Like you can only beat the teams that you're playing against. So and they did beat the Colts, which is like probably their best game. And I mean they, they blew out the Patriots, but like I don't know, this is hard. I'm just gonna go Saints. <laughs> you're going to say ooh. See, 
I was thinking Saints, but we've agreed on the first three games. And yeah, but you're taking the easy route because the Lions are definitely heavily favored. Uh, they're only three point favorite in this game, which is really? not that heavy of a favorite. So I will, I'll take the Lions. I believe that Dan Campbell, because if there was a coach in the league that was going to rally the troops after a tough loss. It's him and That's my thing. Biting. Yeah, if, if if they had won, then I would be taking the Saints like mm-hmm. fully. But yeah. I'm like I don't know. But I also think because of their inconsistencies and the Saints have lost to the Vikings and the Falcons, I think this might be their game. Let's get to a game that we're going to disagree on, and that is the six and five Sean Payton led Denver Broncos against the six and five. C.J. Stroud led Houston Texans. Sean Payton. Yeah. Sean Payton has figured out how to fix Russell Wilson. This is not that Russ has figured it out. It is that no. Sean Payton has learned how to use Russell Wilson. Let's talk purpose. about how the Broncos are the hottest team in the league since, since beating the Chiefs. Yes. Which I, I called. You did call, by the way. Bonus points. Yeah. But... I, it's weird. I love C.J. Stroud. Don't get me wrong. And I assume you're going to pick C.J. Stroud here, too, to beat the Broncos. Oh, a thousand percent. But I think... It's also in Houston. The Broncos might have figured this out. Yeah, I honestly see them... Guys, maybe this is, like, magic and they go on a long Super Bowl run. I think everyone last year said Russell Wilson was done. And then... When the Broncos started off this year 1-5, and five, they were like, oh my God, if even Sean Payton can't figure out Russell Wilson, we're screwed. And then they rallied. They have literally the definition of a team that was dead and buried and have won every week since. The Chiefs game, the Jets game, every team in between. They just keep winning. So I'm not going to be the one that says that the Broncos don't win this week because I love seeing this storyline right now. Broncos country, let's ride, and the Broncos are going to beat your Texans this week. For reference, the betting odds on this one, if we pause with me for a second, once I find the betting odds as I slowly stall until I scroll and actually find these odds for us, they'll show up eventually. The Texans are favored by three and a half points. Wow. Interesting. I would also like to say that Broncos are on a five-game winning streak, and all winning streaks come to an end. And this week is going to be the week. What happened to the whole you like the underdog story? They're not the underdog. The Texans are the underdog. The Texans are favored yeah, by but, three and a half sometimes, points. Sometimes, but they take that in terms of also, like, home field advantage and things like that. Let's talk about rookie quarterback versus proven veteran quarterback. True. Like, the Texans team is so young. No one expected them to be 6-5 and five right now. Right now, who's a better quarterback, Russell Wilson or C.J. Stroud? That's hard. That's a really tough question. Well, I'm like, are you looking at the career or are you looking right at now, right if now? If you had to win a game against a team and you had to take a well, quarterback. Well, do I get everyone else with them? No, it's just in a bubble. Who would you want to start your team do, with? Who's my opponent? You've challenged your roommate to win a football game and you both get to design whatever 11 players you want on the field, and your choice is between Russell Wilson and C.J. Stroud. I'm going to pick Russell Wilson. Wow. Wow. Because here's the thing. Sorry, C.J. Stroud. Love you, C.J. Stroud. I think they still need to, like, find their game in terms of, again, Russell Wilson has that veteran presence. He can he can make it count in important games. A lot of the games that the Texans have played in, like, 
you still see a lot of inconsistencies within CJ Shad's game. Like the loss against the Panthers, brutal. They haven't they've been beating like again, like I said, you can only beat the teams that you're lined up against, but and they did beat the Bengals, which was good. Mm-hmm. However, the other like heavy teams, they haven't really beaten. Like they didn't beat the Jaguars last week. Sure. They did beat them originally. But I just think in terms of, like, for example, the Ravens, when you're still looking at those top, top, top caliber teams, I'm not sure if C.J. Shaw has experience behind them yet. But I also, this is why it's difficult, because I could see the team rallying more around C.J. Stroud because he's exciting and a fun player. Yeah, you just said you'd start your team with Russell Wilson instead of C.J. Stroud. Well, you didn't give me an opponent. I said it's you and your roommate fake drafting a team right now, and you picked Russell Wilson over C.J. Stroud, which means your roommate gets to pick C.J. Stroud and beat you with him, which I'd love to see. But anyways, well, I on. just picked C.J. Stroud in our matchup. I picked True. the Texans. It's not. We're lost it's right not. We're lost you right didn't now. just do C.J. Stroud versus Russell Wilson. I was just talking about Russell Wilson in an overall like an, an overall snapshot of his game and his experience. So you think Russ is the better quarterback, but the Texans are the better team? No. I think that's what we just established. No. I, I think it's – I'm talking about a specific scenario. I think C.J. Stroud makes better plays. Okay. But I think Russell Wilson has the experience and the wisdom to get his team, like, when they're down, to, like, bring them back up. You mm-hmm. know? Like, for example, the Vikings game. When they were down – I think in that game, without a veteran quarterback, they would have lost. I can buy that. I, I, That's what I'm meaning I'm starting by, to see where this is going. It's very situational. Speaking of veterans who know what they're doing and can pull their team out of disarray, but this year he is not, which is causing some people to think that he's not pulling them out of it on purpose, the Chargers facing off against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. Guys, apparently um, Patriots are preparing QB Bailey Zap. Is that Zappy. Right? Zappy. Yes. To start. Yes. <laughs> I can't stand for this. I thought you loved the underdog. No, I cannot <laughs> stand for Mac Jones getting booted simply because his coach. Oh, here we go. You're <laughs> blaming Bill Belichick for yeah. Mac Wilson or Mac Wow. <laughs> wow. Mac Jones sucking. Wow. I just like Can I plead the flip the fifth on this game and not say who I think is gonna win? No, you have to. Or you can just that can just be negative on you and Fine, Chargers. I'm going to continue wow, to do this. Wow, you're going to take the Chargers. Yes, because I think Bill Belichick is mastering the art of the tank. I also am going to take the Chargers because they did lose last week, but and the week four. And, oh, my God, guys, they've yes. been stumbling. Yes. They turned it around. It's it's time for them to turn it around this week. I think Bill Justin wants Herbert, Caleb Williams. I believe in you. Please turn it around. And even if he doesn't, my strategy works because both of us lose the game. Okay, next one. We have Cardinals versus the Steelers. Kyler Murray has looked really good since coming back. The only problem is... Has he? He looked good in the first game and they lost. The second one, I wasn't so sure. The only problem is that the Steelers are sneakily doing good. I would also year? like to say Dylan dunked on the Steelers. Every single time I took the Steelers, mm-hmm. 
I could not say a 37-14 Cardinals loss on Sunday, November 26th was a good Kyler Murray showing. He did have a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just the team around him isn't that good. But Kyler Murray has looked athletic and back but to his normal But he stuff. can't, as much as we're like, oh, like quarterback, clearly he can't do everything for Cardinals. I'm picking the Steelers, by the way. I've learned my lesson after. It's taken 13 <laughs> weeks to get here. But I finally yeah. realized that maybe they're not a horrific team. Yeah. I don't think they're a playoff team, even though right now they're they are. They're 7-4. What do you mean? Their schedule is going to get interesting as we go down the stretch. And that's the weird thing. Again, as to go back to where we started this episode, the parity in this league right now. Although, uh, uh, let's see this. Steelers have a very easy route to the playoffs now that I'm looking at this. Cardinals is a win. Patriots is a win. Colts is a win. The Joe Burrowless Bengals is probably a win. Seahawks is going to be interesting, and then they're going to get blown out by the Ravens. But that's four more wins right that's there. A that, that's a path to play- the playoffs. That is a path to the and playoffs. And that's also showing Dylan and everyone else who hated on them we're making it into the playoffs. killed in the first round. As opposed to... The QB less Jets. And Patriots. <laughs> yeah. All of the... Yeah. I'm going to go with the Steelers. You guys already know. There should not be a shock there. Yeah. Let's get to the game that is in our backyard, yet we're still not going to go there this weekend, mm-hmm. and that is the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. facing off against the Commies. This is... I don't even have to provide an analysis into this game. It's Dolphins, and it's going to get ugly fast. Okay. If you'd like to gift me a game with this one, by all means, go for it. Guys. There's no one joining you on this <laughs> boat. There's there's no convincing you could do here. The commanders are at home. Yes. What's the spread? I, okay, ready for this? Yeah. I think there's more Dolphins fans there on Sunday than Commanders fans. Here's the thing. Dolphins fans travel really well. The spread is also nine and a half, by the way. Last season, they had a stumble. Who? Remember last season, the Miami Dolphins had the worst December. Yes. Ever. Mm-hmm. Not saying that that's happening again, but. Two is not concussed this year. <laughs> yeah. Also, we think, yeah. I'm also going to take the Dolphins uh, because I really, guys, uh, <laughs> I don't think Sam Howell. Okay, he did okay against the Cowboys in terms Sam of Sam Howell has the most yards in the NFL right now. Wow. That's insane to think about, but yeah. Guys, maybe uh-huh. I should take the, no, no, I just made this argument against Kyler Murray. Yes. No one is around him. Uh-huh. Clearly the issue is just to get him out of New York. Okay, moving on to Wait, Panthers what? versus Bucks. Panthers versus... Wait, Bucks. was he not a... I thought he played for the Jets. No, Sam Darnold played for the Jets. Oh, I got them confused. Uh-huh. Sam Darnold is currently living Sam the life Howell... as Brock Purdy's backup and never has to do a thing. Isn't Sam Howell a rookie? Second year, I believe. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah. Guess I can't root for him. Panthers versus Bucks. I know, I went against my methodology where normally in the Patriots, if... They're starting a or normally in any game, if they're mm-hmm. starting a rookie QBI, I take them. But, like, really, Patriots, you've scored, like, seven points yeah. in each game collectively. Well, Bailey's not a rookie up. anymore. He was a rookie last year. Yeah. So, technically doesn't violate your rule. But yeah. 
there's a rookie quarterback to be taken right now, and that is Bryce Young. He's there for you if you want him. With a one in ten record. <laughs> I guess is Baker Mayfield injured? Uh he's injured, but I believe he's still playing this weekend. It's an interesting he suffered an ankle injury in the week twelve loss. He's feeling a lot better according to head coach Todd Bowles. Uh he's feeling day to day and asked if he expects Baker Mayfield to play this weekend. He says I do. So Ugh, this is hard. The Bucks have lost their last two games. If they had won, I would be taking the Panthers. It is currently a Bucks favored by five points for what it's worth. I'm going to go with Panthers. Really? Yes. Because games after you get your head coach mm-hmm. fired are always interesting. Mm-hmm. And again, you can only lose so many games. They're going to get a win eventually. And I think it's going to be See, that's... this week. I agree wholeheartedly with that argument and that you fire the coach, you always get the win. And the law of averages... No, you can't take the Panthers, Dylan. I'm not. I'm (laughs) going to get there. And the law of averages says there's no chance they go like 1-15 this year. They just might. They might just be that bad. Bryce Young has looked lost. And it's not his fault. It's that every team in the past in the NFL, it used to be that you have a veteran quarterback, you draft a rookie... He sits for a year, the veteran plays, and then the second year he'll play as a sophomore in the league. And you maybe you take over in week 10, week 11. It's only been the last couple of drafts that people have said, you know what, we draft a quarterback super early, he plays immediately. The prime example of this, look at the Kansas City Chiefs a decade ago. They decided to continue to play Alex Smith and benched, yes, they benched Patrick Mahomes for a season to let him sit and learn under the veteran leadership of Alex Smith. And then what happened to Patrick Mahomes? Just out of curiosity, I think that strategy kind of worked to let him sit for a year. So I don't get this feeling of we draft a quarterback early, he has to play. The Panthers had a very valid excuse not to play him. Andy Dalton's good. Andy Dalton's not a horrific quarterback. But the Panthers have decided Bryce Young is to play every single week. And it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So, But not this week because they're going to pull out a win. I do – no, I completely agree in terms of development. I don't think you should rush players, even if they're a top three draft pick. It's Even if they're number one overall draft pick. I don't – like, there's always this pressure that they immediately need to go into the league. But I don't think so, especially with, like, the NFL where you're playing against, like, especially when there's a steep learning curve, I think. Ready for the best matchup of the week? Yeah, I don't. 49ers and Eagles. I don't think this is the best matchup. I'm going to. You don't? Okay, like, yes. What's better? I'm just not that interested in this matchup. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not a big Eagles fan. You guys know this. Well, we, as a podcast collectively, have expressed our hatred for the city of Philadelphia and everything associated with it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to go 49ers. See, that's what I usually take. But this Friday, launching on Spotify and Apple Music and everywhere else that you listen to music, is the Philadelphia Eagles Christmas album, where all of their players have gotten together and sung a bunch of Christmas songs, and it releases on Friday. And they're going to be playing that at the stadium throughout the game. This game is on Sunday. That has no rollover. Yes, it does. Actually, I'll let you believe what you want to believe. Because you think that with Christmas music playing and Jason Kelsey 
singing All I Want for Christmas in a falsetto isn't going to rally a bunch of drunk Philadelphians on a Sunday to root on the Eagles. It'll rally them to root on them, but I think they'll all the players will be drunk and won't be playing well. Well, no, I don't think. We're not going to have some defamatory statements <laughs> that the Eagles are showing up drunk on I just said I think. Sunday. I never said that that's actually happening. I'm taking the Eagles in this one in a head versus heart moment because I hate the city of Philadelphia and my sister is a 49ers fan, but we're going against them and we're picking the Eagles thanks to the singing voices of Jordan Mailata and Trust and Jason Kelsey. See, this next matchup is one I'm actually interested in. Really? Yes. The Deshaun Watson-led Browns. No, oh, no he's hurt. He's hurt. True. That's why I'm interested in it. Facing off against the L.A. Rams. Guys, oh. the Rams could make a late playoff push. You heard it here first. So you're taking the Rams. No, 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 no. Really? <laughs> you know who's starting this game for the Cleveland Browns, it seems like. If their it's current rookie, not Deshaun Watson. No, their current rookie quarterback is apparently in it's injury Dor- protocol. Dorian. He beat the okay, so he beat the Steelers. Yes. Um, and then he lost, and now I don't know who is starting. Him. Oh, he is. As of right now, the plan is for him to play on Sunday. I don't think that happens. I think there is a veteran yeah. quarterback that is going to step foot into that room and say, "I'm starting." And that Joe is Flacco. the decrepit corpse of Joe Flacco, <laughs> who, as a Jets, as a Jets watcher, I will call myself that. Joe Flacco was good at football about a decade ago. Joe Flacco is not good at quarterback in the year twenty twenty three. No, it says they're naming him QB two, but I guess that opens it. Yeah, okay. Rams are winning this game, plain and simple. I love. A good underdog, but Joe Flacco is not an underdog. He's the dog that you put out to guys. Get see, shot. oh, that was harsh. I did just say that the this is again. I'm struggling because normally I would vote for, I would pick Joe Flacco. Yes. However, I did just say the Rams are making a playoff push. This is one of the games they have to win if they're going to so, actually do that. I will be taking the Rams, and it's also at home for the Rams. I agree. And let's head to the... But normally, I'm always oh, no, down for a good story where I'm like, hmm, let's hope the team rallies. But I just think they've had, like, they've gone through the QB carousel. They have. Maybe more so than the Jets. Maybe uh, more no, so than... No one ever has done more than the Jets. And then the Cardinals. No, they a thousand percent have because they've gotten Deshaun Watson. They've ha- then he's injured, then he's back, then he's injured again, and they've gone through so many. Like in terms of just not having anyone be consistent, that's what I mean by like the QB carousel of this season of people that have like played for them. In just this season alone, yeah, I yeah, guess yeah, so. yeah. I'm talking but about this season alone. The Jets, maybe the had, Falcons. Well, the Jets. Sorry, not the Falcons. Well. Maybe the um. No, the Jets win. We've wait. Whoa. Whoa. You just um, said we. We. Aaron Rodgers, Tim Boyle, Zach Wilson, Trevor Simeon. Four. I would not say Aaron Rodgers counts. Uh, he started opening day and, and he took played those four glorious snaps mm-hmm. until his Achilles snapped. Wow. But then he plays the final three games of the year. No, but here's the thing. Uh oh. I don't. We didn't even talk about this because if he throws, what is it, sixty five percent of. Yes. Oh, is it the team snaps? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he's not. 
They've already realized, because it was going to be if he threw 65% of the snaps, which everyone assumed at the point of the trade, obviously he will do that, then the pick turns into a first-round pick. Now that won't happen, so the Jets will only send a second-round pick to the Packers. Speaking of the Packers. Yeah, they had a big win on Thanksgiving. They did, and now this is a home game against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, Mm -hmm. where they're actually not that big of an underdog, which is shocking because the Chiefs are the best team in the league, it seems like. Apparently it's the Eagles. Yeah, based on record. But um, there's rumors that someone will be in attendance at this game, which means that Travis Kelsey's stats are going to magically boost because we've all seen that ESPN stat that when someone who shall not be named on this podcast anymore is in attendance for a Travis Kelsey game, he averages over 100 yards versus when she's not in attendance, he averages under 50 yards. So she's going to be there, which means the Chiefs are going to easily get the win as much as I hate going against Jordan Love and the Packers. Wow. You're going against him? I am. I'm really? going with the... To be fair, she was there for the Chiefs versus Eagles, and they lost. So. Uh, no, she was not there. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. The streak continues. Don't worry. I... When we're I talking about picks them. and gambling, Guys, I need I to really know what I really do kind of want to take the Packers. <laughs> go for it. No, I'm actually going to go with the Chiefs. That would be great, though. Um, that would... would be great if the Packers made the playoffs and the Jets didn't, and that would be amazing. If we're talking I'd actually about like to see that happen. Yeah, right? Because I said the Green Bay Packers are going to surprise. We both said that at the beginning I said of the they'd season. make a Super Bowl. <laughs> Okay, that I did was, wave the white flag on that one, but that was a hot take. Now this would have been a really interesting matchup. Yes. If Joe Burrow didn't die on us. Yeah. But a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterback. We're of course talking, by the way, about the Cincinnati Bengals against the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence this weekend. So I'm gonna get my easy take out of the way, and that's that the Jaguars are winning this game. But I will allow Caroline to stew of her decision as to choose the favorite, or to follow her heart of a rookie underdog quarterback who's against all odds. And if you don't pick him, you're going against all the morals you've established on this podcast leading up to this decision. Well, rookie quarterback Jay- Jake Browning has a wrist injury. So who the Honestly. hell is playing quarterback? <laughs> so. I don't know. I he might T Higgins is apparently coming back. He can't play quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, so the thing is, you like the underdog stories, which would be Jake Browning, but they're gonna put a cat out there. So get get the. But he was a full participant, person. so so maybe he is playing. Guys, no. <laughs> Guys, here's no. the thing. I am a fan of a rookie quarterback. Specifically in their first game. Okay. It seems like a very oddly specific group of individuals. Yeah. Oh, I want to take the Jaguars, but now that I know T. Higgins is back. Go for it. Has Jake Browning gotten a win? Um, I don't think so. Question mark. Also, he's 27. Is he really a rookie? Hey. Age is just a number in the NFL. Yeah, but a lot of times, like, in the NHL, you can't even be considered... You Like, technically, you're still a rookie, but, like, you're not in the call or a conversation because... So, they won... He's not a rookie! Yes, he is. Is he not? Am I crazy? 
I guess his first regular. Yes. Okay. He is kind of. Yes. So he won the game that he came in midway through. Um, once Burrow got hurt, but then last week was his first start, and he lost to the Steelers, sixteen to ten. So the floor is yours to take him if you'd like That's for him to get his first win. Not that bad. It isn't. Now I will say the spread is nine and a half in favor <laughs> of the Jaguars. Guys, if you wanted to take that, I would take that. Honestly, I don't think the spread is that much. You think it's gonna be that much? Yeah, I think the although. As we know, since the NFL is scripted, they won't allow a Monday night primetime game to get that separate. You know, maybe they like the narrative of the underdog on Monday night football. <laughs> maybe I'm the one writing the narrative. You have the script? Can we yeah. have the answers? Yeah. Although if you had the script, your predictions. No, would I gotta be a lot throw better. you no, I gotta throw you off my my trail. You so would what are we never know. That is true. Guys, uh, you know how I feel about this. Is again just this is just a heart versus heart moment. How am I supposed to pick between Trevor Lawrence and the rookie QB, and T Higgins coming back? Well, if it's a heart versus heart, your mind should break the tie. Well, my mind, mind is obviously <laughs> Jaguars, but where has that ever gotten me? Where has your heart gotten you? You're <laughs> losing. Hey, not by much, and it got me. Um, the Broncos. Beating the Chiefs. For reference, we have currently disagreed on one, two, three, four games so far this week. So if That's you not very many. If you went with the Bengals and you won all five games that we disagree on. Yeah, I think you're just trying to get me to lose. Well, I'm just saying that we're running out of semester and you're still five games back. I'm looking to see. Oh, Bengals have lost the last three games. Let's go, Bengals. Really? So we now have it established. We disagree on five games. If Caroline wins all five, we will officially be tied. And if I win all five, it might be time to wave the white flag on the season. <laughs> Never. But in all odds, we will likely go like three and two or two and three in those games, and we'll be back in this same spot again next week. But. That concludes the NFL section of this episode with the Ravens, Bills, Bears, Raiders, Vikings, and Giants. Oh my, on a bye week this week, which means we have another sport to talk about. Yeah. Where are we going? Guys, we're talking hockey, even though we're only giving like seven minutes to this. I'm sorry, hockey. We need to give more justice to hockey. No more NFL predictions. No, hockey gets the amount of credit it deserves. Absolutely not. Something I would like to talk about. Yes. Red Wings signed Patrick Kane. I saw that. That's insane! Care to elaborate? It's just, like, so weird seeing him in, like, first of all, not a Blackhawks jersey. And then Rangers, it made sense. Like, it's iconic, New York, like, franchise, you know, like, playing on Broadway. Obviously, the Red Wings, historic team, also, like, um, starting six team yeah. in the NHL. But wow, this is like Patrick Kane suddenly collecting all the starting six teams. Well, I guess the question is, what? Do it's also they ex- weird seeing him in red. The question is, what do they expect to get out of him? Right. Like, he's not. I don't think at this point in his career the big difference maker. But he's also he gonna can play. Be. He's gonna play. Well, they don't need him to be the biggest difference maker when they have like he can just be a passer in this sense. Mm-hmm. My issue is this. Okay, guys, they've actually done. The Red Wings are shocking me how good they are right now. 
They're in the playoff mix. Um, they're tied with the Maple Leafs, and they're doing really well. My question is, is who are their goal scorers? Like, they do have Alex DeBrincat, who they signed. Mm-hmm. Other than that, and obviously they have Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider. Moritz Sider, though, is a, is on D. And I'm like, who are... And if you're signing... I mean, if you're signing Patrick Kane, that's just more passers. Well, according to Deadspin, which is a pretty well-known sports website, their, I don't know what that is, but their sure. description of the signing is, the Red Wings sign an old, decrepit man. Okay, whoa. <laughs> Put some respect on Patrick Kane's name as well. I know when, as a New Yorker, I remember when the Rangers traded for Patrick Kane last year, and everyone's like, all right, this isn't a bad move. We actually mm-hmm. love this move. And he... I think he disappointed in New York as much as... He was also injured. Yes, but I think that was the problem of that. You're getting an old player who has injury concerns and wasn't on a team to begin this year, so there's obviously some yeah. problems there. So He had surgery. If you're expecting him to be the savior, that's not going to happen, but if you're expecting him to be a role player, that's not a horrific idea. Yeah, also they still have a lot of young guys. Like, if he's going to be there and be a veteran guy, like, he obviously is a leader and he obviously understands what it takes to make it far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, I don't think this was a one year signing of $2.75 million. I don't think it's just a one year thing. And obviously, his friendship with Alex Zabrinkat, they both played in Chicago together. That definitely factor in. But I don't think that this was just a one year thing for Steve Eiserman. However, he also doesn't like to commit long-term, and he just currently wants to surround his young players. But it seems like this season is the season to like to, to let the team actually be the team rather than just, like, cobbling up players, like, you know, a, a group of guys just to shelter your young guys. I mean, the interesting thing for them so far, they're also 7-3 and three at home. They're 4-4 four and four on the road. So it seems like even though Detroit is not known as a big sports city, Home. Yes, it is. It's literally hockey town. Okay. Sure. Oh, oh, you mean sports? Like, I thought you said hockey. Ge- no, a big sports. Like you know, when you think of the most uh, passionate got it, got it, got it, sports got it, got it. fan yeah, bases, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Get their fans going. For example, the seven and one at home Boston Bruins, or the seven and three Florida Panthers. You don't usually think, or the seven and two New York Rangers. It's probably a better example. You don't think of Detroit as a big, gung ho home field advantage, but here they are. Seven and three at home. Shout out Detroit sports fans because they haven't had much to cheer about with their sports over the last decade. The Tigers, the Lions, and the Red Wings. But are we missing a team? Detroit Pistons. That's a team. That is a team. It's a team. We know our NBA here. I also just think, yeah, I, mm, <laughs> I trust in Great the... Great analysis there. <laughs> I trust in the Iser plan. But unfortunately... We do have some teams that are really, really struggling. Still the Oilers. The Oilers have been turning it around. They have a three-game winning streak right now after they fired their head coach and um, earlier in November and then beat the Kraken. However, they still don't have it together. They don't. No. And the problem is it's not getting late early, but it is... It's getting a little bit late to mount a comeback. And it, I guess maybe if they continue this three-game winning streak, they'll be back to where they're supposed to be. But 
there's already a 15-point difference between them and the Golden Knights. And I don't think anyone thought the Oilers are going to beat the Knights for the division at this point anymore. But they're starting to get some ground and definitely a lot of teams in between them and a playoff spot right now. I also just think something that is good is that they're – Goal differential is just negative seven, which you'd be like, Caroline, that's a lot. That's big. But, like, they're currently second to last in the Pacific. So, like, that's not a big goal differential considering. I would also just like to say, you know, normally I'm like, there's always going to, there could be a disappointing year and you just chalk it up and whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's not acceptable when you have Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. That's just not acceptable. But they need to figure out their goalie situation ASAP. Because they can't stop a puck at all. Everything just going in. And before they'd outscore their problems and they their defense is always very offensively minded. But, like, they put Jack Campbell on waivers. So, question, because this is the perennial and the baseball fan in me. Every year when Also, the, the Devils are not doing that well. So, when the Angels suck, there's always the question every year of even though he's signed for the next decade, will they trade Mike Trout? There's no chance the Oilers oh, trade, there's no, there's, there's no chance. There's absolutely no chance. He might want out, but there's no chance that they trade them. Okay. That's just not how hockey works. Like, they don't trade superstars. Click, put in the vault, and we'll come back to this clip in a month. <laughs> they could trade superstars that are, like, aging. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So, like, they, for example, Chicago traded Patrick Kane after so many years, and he wasn't that yeah. good. But, like, during their prime, you like a lot of loyalty in the NHL. I would not say. Would you say Matthew Kachuk is a superstar? Yeah. You you would say that. Yeah, because but I feel like you, the average sports fan knows who that but is. But would so. you say that prior to the Florida run? Fair, valid. I think that definitely. You know, him. like I think that helps, but I I don't think you would say that he's like. Make Superstars or break rarely for a, leave their home. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's make or break for your team. Like, he's obviously, I think he's a big difference maker, a key playoff performer. But when Calgary traded him, they also got Jonathan Huberto going the other way, you know, like, and Mackenzie Weir. So it wasn't like, like, that is as much of a blockbuster that you're going to see in the NHL. And that rarely, rarely, rarely happens. And those are big, pretty big. Superstar, but you're never going to see an Austin Matthews getting traded. You're never going to see a Connor McDavid getting traded. When was the last time, and I forget, when was the last time a star in the NHL left? Like, I know baseball's going through Shohei Otani right now. The yeah. NBA saw LeBron get, and well, the NBA is a whole different animal, and that a superstar, if they stay on a team for longer than two years, then congrats to them because we've seen. LeBron and KD and everyone in between go between different teams at this point. The NBA seems like the National Mercenary League. But um, when was the last time a superstar actually left their team? Well, would you count Johnny Goudreau a superstar? Not really. He was in the... All-Star is different. Because in theory, then, did John Tavares leaving the Islanders count as a superstar? Well, that's what I'm at. Well, no, I think he might have... What about um, Taylor Hall? He was in the heart. He won the heart one year. Okay, but again, it doesn't happen. That, okay, I'm starting to. It doesn't happen. No, that often. it doesn't happen because they all sign because they sign their contracts forever and ever and ever. And so, and Austin Matthews has been the only one to really use his like flex the muscle of I'm only signing five years, three years, you know, like mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so there there is like a lot of. Yeah, I would not say that there's a lot of movement. Shout out to Anthony Beauvillier. Did get traded this week, though. Speaking he did, of NHL for a trades. fifth round pick. How sad. I would have brought him back. Mitch for a Marner fifth round almost. Pick. Le- I think that what like 
Hockey is just so traditional. Like, you don't even see offer sheets. Like, that's the most exciting thing ever. Mm-hmm. And, like, you rarely ever see that. Mitch Marner almost signed one. Yeah. To Columbus, apparently. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Oh, Patrick Laine. But he got traded. I would say that was a superstar moment. Where he, but he didn't willingly leave. He got traded. I mean, mm-hmm. he did want out. Yeah, I would say true. that is, like, the... But he also got traded. Yeah. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is no longer on the Jets, so... All right. But again, it shows. Yeah. Loyalty is a key. You hear that, Shohei Otani? It's weird because it's not, though. It's more just like the players don't really have an option. Slash, they don't. They just kind of do the same thing that they've seen the guys before them do over and over again. Mm-hmm. And they don't really try anything new. Like, hockey is like kind of years and years behind NBA, unfortunately. All fun and games until Shohei Otani re-signs with the LA Angels. And yeah, the they, he, I, guys, he literally is going to. Real? That's your... All right. That's the last question because we're already over an hour. Because we haven't talked any baseball. And even though the offseason is in full swing, I think next week's episode we'll have more MLB because that is when the GM, and yes, I'm going to throw in a little baseball here to end this. The winter meetings happen next week in MLB, which is one of the coolest things in sports. And that every single person associated with Major League Baseball goes to a hotel. This year it's in Nashville. GMs, players, owners, agents, broadcasters, entertainment, media, Goes to a hotel in Vegas, usually. This year it's in Nashville. And four days they all just hang out. And it's on average around 100 transactions take place, 20 extensions, 100 free agents signed, 50 trades. So this is really like the fun baseball atmosphere, and that's taking place next week. And the little rumor is, word on the street, the capstone of the event on Thursday will be that Shohei Otani is going to announce his new team. So be on the lookout. This time next week, Shohei Otani will no longer be a free agent. I just think I saw something on Twitter last thing. He should just announce the teams he's not signing for one by one. He is. They've already limited the Texas Rangers and Boston Red Sox have been eliminated from the competition. But has he said that? It's been filtered through media people. No, he should just post on his Twitter and be like, I am not signing with this team. Well, he did announce, though, the one thing that has come from his agent is if you leak that you had a meeting with him, he's not signing with you. Apparently it's a respect thing that he wants to know that the team respects his privacy and his decision so if it comes out that a team met with him he is immediately crossing him off their list so sources confirm that every team except for the new york mets have met with shohei otani so far and that's now in the public so by default shohei otani welcome to the new york mets i think he's gonna stay with the angels or go to the braves braves you're trying to kill me you're literally trying to kill me if you say he's going to the braves or the dodgers I think everyone thinks it's the Dodgers. But the, also, St. Louis. I wish it was the Cardinals. I just don't think they have the finances to get You it. don't think? No. Apparently the... um. The Cubs are a real possibility. And, and apparently the Blue Jays are surprising They entrance. are. That is true. I love the nickname Chicago. I don't think, guys, I don't think St. Louis is signing a Tommy. No. I think the Chicago Cubs is going to be a great thing. Think about the marketing. Guys, if the Giants sign him, I'm going to be sad. Please They're don't apparently sign. interested in Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the other big yeah. free agent. Please don't but. sign Otani. I just think it's going to be either. I think it's going to be he's going to stay. After so all going, this. You're going Angels somehow re-sign Otani. Yeah. I'm going to go that Otani shocks us, and it's a team that no one's thinking of. I'll yeah, the Baltimore I could Orioles. Oh. Or the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't see the Phillies. Or the Chicago Cubs. 
You're not going to pick the Houston Astros? No, I don't think you guys are. You guys have another a lot of other issues. Alex Bregman's apparently on the trade block. So yeah. there's a lot of things happening in Houston. But no, I don't think Otani's coming. Notice how we haven't mentioned the Mets. You're, you're not going to pick the Detroit Royals? Who? <laughs> the Royals? No. <laughs> that would be shocking. The, the Kansas City If the Detroit so, Royals. Oh, I said Detroit. Yes. I meant Kansas City Royals. No, I think... I think the Chicago Cubs I meant actually Detroit happens. Detroit Tigers. Chicago. Detroit Tigers. Get it in your head. Chicago Cubs. MLB Marketing 101. All right. We will be back next week. We will. The semester is coming to a close, but we are not coming to a close just yet. We will be back again next week with our week 14 NFL predictions. We will give justice to other leagues. We will talk about the NBA in-season tournament. We have to. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the winner. We'll get there. We'll talk about Shohei Otani's new team next week. We'll talk about some NHL, what's happening there. We haven't discussed F1 in a while. Is that still a thing? It is. We'll but Max next Verstappen, week, we... I'm pretty sure, has already been crowned champion. Wow. Well, let me double check, guys. The no fun league. Well, that's the NFL. Not to end this on an NFL, but have you also seen the clip about the Miami Dolphins sideline reporter. Oh my God, guys! He was literally crowned champion in October. <laughs> oh, so that's why we haven't discussed that in a while. Yeah, but we will be back next week, better than ever, as we always are. So for Dylan and Caroline, unless you have anything else to throw in. No, he won again. Charlotte Claire did better. You're not even listening to me right now as I try to wrap up this episode. Yeah, I'm listening, and he's just been winning, so it's there's nothing really to say. I like it. So until the next time, for Dylan and Caroline in Chicago, the turf is burned.